This spoiler-filled podcast is recorded live, unscripted, and intended for those over 18. Now prepare your ears for the audio stimulation they've been waiting for all day as we step into the spoiler room. Welcome to another edition of The Spoiler Room. It is I, Mark the Movie Man, and we've got a great crew for you today where we're going to talk about our favorite fairy tale movies. Cinderella came out this past weekend. I just saw it tonight with the wife, and uh, so I figured in honor of that release, we'd talk about fairy tale films. Who's in the crew tonight? Well, first starting off, we have Mr. Cole Meredith. How are you doing, sir? Marvelous, sir. Thank you for having me. Fantastic. And always glad to have you in the spoiler room. And of course, we have the one and only Dawn here this evening to talk with us. Hello, Dawn. Good evening. And then we have next in line, the one and only the BFD, Mr. Glenn Bittner. Glad to have you back in the spoiler room, sir. What up? <laughs> and then next to him is Gonzarific into his house, Mr. Andrew Shearer. Hello, sir. Hello, always a pleasure. Always great to have you here. And we have Mr. Paul Salzar here with us as well. Paul, how are you doing? I'm doing fine. I've got my green tea today. Ooh, green tea to go along with our St. Patty's Day, since it is St. Patty's Day today, and that was a horrible accent. I, I won't do that again. I yeah, <laughs> <laughs> And then we have that voice himself, Mr. Scott Davis. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing pretty good, guys. Thank you very much. No, I don't have. I don't have any. This is being recorded on St. Pat- Patty's Day, and I don't have any alcohol in the house. Oh, you poor so, man. So Just I'm, use Nyquil. It's green. Your <laughs> <laughs> Nyquil works good. And then finally, to round out the group, Mr. Tiger Power himself is back. Mr. Tony Estrada. Hello, sir. How are you? I'm doing very good, Mark. Happy St. Patrick's Day to Aaron watching this. You know, it's being recorded on St. Patrick's Day. And uh, don't pinch me. I'm not wearing green. And expect for drunk Tony by the end of night. Oh, yeah. This is really tea I'm holding. I'm just kidding, folks. Yeah, right. Uh, That's that special fairy tale juice I've heard about. Okay, okay. I spiked it a little. It'll make you see unicorns. It'll make you see <laughs> unicorns and rainbows and turn your mice into horses. Anyway, tonight <laughs> we are going to talk about... Giddy up! He ain't moving. He just squishes there and squeaks. <laughs> we are talking fairy tale movies today. and Yes, it is because of Cinderella. And I just want to talk about it. And I guarantee you tonight, by the time you're done with this, you're going to get some films that you didn't think were fairy tale films. Now, because <laughs> it's always great with this grand group of people in the spoiler room. So we're going to start off right away with uh, Paul. Paul, uh, why don't you give us your one of one of your favorite fairy tale films? All right. Well, I did go out of the box because I thought you guys would maybe pick a lot of Disney films. So <laughs> <laughs> I should have known better, right? And with this group, are you kidding? You'll be lucky <laughs> if you get one Disney film. Uh, but the, the film I oh, the the film I selected is uh, one. Uh, it was made in 1985 by Richard Donner. Can you guess what film I'm? Thinking about that would be Legend. Oh no, it isn't. No. Oh, well, that wasn't Donner. That was no, uh, really Ridley Scott. Blitzen. Yeah, Blitzen. <laughs> My film is yeah. Lady Hawk. Yeah. Yes. Oh, that's a good one. Hey. Good 
shit, man. <laughs> I've got I've got that vinyl over here somewhere for the soundtrack for Seriously? that. Seriously? Wow. Yeah. Oh, music by the by Powell from yes. Andrew, Alan Parsons Project. <laughs> that, no, that's a great. No, I'm serious. I love that music. It's, that's it's a great soundtrack. So tell us a little <laughs> bit uh, about Lady Hawk and why it's one of your favorite fairy tale films. Well, I haven't seen it in a while, but what I remember of it is stars Matthew Broderick as a thief. Uh, who's basically the only person to escape the dungeons of Aquila. Uh, it also stars uh, the great actor Rudger Hauer, uh, yes. who is a former uh, captain who travels with a hawk. At least that's how we are introduced to him. Uh, and then it also stars Michelle Pfeiffer, uh, who's this mysterious woman who happens to be traveling with a black wolf. Um, and then we eventually learn that, of course, the wolf and the hawk are actually Hauer and um, Pfeiffer's I- characters. And they're cursed to uh, always be together, but eternally apart. And essentially what happens is the curse turns um, Pfeiffer's character into a hawk during the day and Howard's character into a wolf during the night. And uh, the brief moment, you know, during dawn and dusk, they actually get to see each other, but they can never touch, which is (laughs) makes you feel all, you know, weird inside. (laughs) and what they do is they they befriend and they protect Roderick's character uh, who's named Mouse uh, because they want to enter uh, Aquila as well Uh, and he being the the only person to supposedly escape the dungeons they think that he can help them get into it Uh, and their plans are to kill the uh, bishop uh, who's played by John John Wood Um, but uh, the father Imperius Mm-hmm. Uh, essentially tells them that uh, they can break the curse um, because uh, when they're both seen by the bishop and due to a technicality of a solar eclipse, of course, uh, <laughs> <laughs> given the opportunity to break their curse. And uh, I just, I remember that uh, watching this as a kid, I, I loved Matthew Broderick's character. I thought he was funny. Uh, and I enjoyed the, his little jokes. Uh, and, uh, Honestly, I, I, I loved uh, Michelle Pfeiffer. I had, like, a huge crush watching her in this film. Sure. Uh, and I also have kind of a man crush on Rutger Hauer as well. So. <laughs> Who doesn't? I yeah. mean, it's Rutger Hauer, right? Yeah. <laughs> Rutger Hauer. Uh, excellent choice with Lady Hawk. I remember seeing it with my parents. Uh, well, my dad, anyway. I, you know, that we're, we're all the... Kids from the 80s, we all watched films we weren't supposed to at the young <laughs> age that we were. Um, but Lady Hawk, yeah, I remember seeing it, and I thought it was just a great story. And uh, this was Broderick after Ferris Bueller, right? Or was no, this, no, or was this before, actually pre? It, it was pre Ferris Bueller, but post War Games. Ah, okay, that's ah. why I, I recognized him. So, uh, uh, yeah, I love the, the the production design and everything with it as well. Uh, definitely a different story. Uh, uh, Glenn, what about you, Lady Hawk? Do you remember seeing it? I've seen it probably a dozen times. <laughs> so yeah, was that, was that on your list, Glenn? <laughs> no, it wasn't. I mean, it's on a list somewhere in my sure. house, probably. <laughs> uh, what about uh, Lady Hawk? Did you like about it though, Glenn? Um, it's 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 kind of that that class of classical fairy tale type story. Yeah. Um, that's a big thing I like about it. And yeah, Rutger Hauer. So. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, any anyone else uh, want to weigh in on Lady Hawk? Tony, have you seen Lady Hawk? 
No, um, this is actually the first time I've heard about the movie. It's oh, oh it's oh, so wow. good, dude! It's so good, yeah. uh, and the you know the story is just so beautiful, though. I mean, is I mean, I don't try to hope I'm not stepping on anybody. I'm sorry I do that, um, but um, the uh, like like just the idea of that the that they are together for, for, together forever, eternally apart, and there's this moment in the movie. Where they do just glimpse each other, and I mean, you can just see the amazing longing on their faces. They thought this moment would never come, and they come this close to touching. And I'm not kidding; that thing makes me break up to this day. <laughs> no, it is seriously such a well done movie. And you know, I re I love. There's a lot of Richard Donner movies we love, and everything like that. You know, Superman, Goonies, mm. Lethal Weapon. I mean, so many great movies. Honestly, I rewatched a lot of those old movies within the last couple years, including Lady Hawk. And I had, after looking at Superman, you know, some of the things, they, it's still a great movie. Some of the things didn't quite work. Lethal Weapon, same thing, you know. Goonies, I won't even get into because you'll all kill me. Uh-huh. Um, but, <laughs> but, never die. But, um, but I looked at it, I said, you know what? My favorite Richard Donner movie is Lady Hawk. That is a great movie. It is. And it I is. would like to give it a chance because, you know, pretty much what you said with Lethal Weapon and Superman and Goonies, I have enjoyed all those films. So Lady Hawk sounds like it. Just I'm reading the premise on IMDb right now, and just reading it alone already sounds interesting. It's and great. if, if and you it... love 80 synthesizers and yes! stuff like that, you're going to love the soundtrack. Yeah, the soundtrack <laughs> it's is got, completely... It's got that quintessential un... 80s fantasy film soundtrack. It is a progress. It, it, it is a eighties. It's like a. It's like a, a updating of like old like medieval type you know fantasy film scores, but done on synthesizers by like <laughs> some of the icons of progressive rock music. Oh yeah, it's like Alan Parsons in King, in King Arthur's Court. Yes. <laughs> yes Andrew, it's Andrew well Powell, and who is who is like one of the main dudes from a- Alan Parsons Project doing it. It was uh, oh man, I love that soundtrack. <laughs> hey Cole, what about you? Any thoughts on Lady Hawk? Yeah, man, um, I've seen it once, and I was probably seventeen, which is about almost twenty years ago. Um, and I remember everything about it to this day. It did what fairy tales should do, man. I remember the story. I don't remember specific camera angles or music or even performance, but. I remember the gist of it, and um, I watched it when I needed to. I watched it out in the middle of nowhere. I just moved far away from my biological father, and I was dealing with a menacing stepfather, and I was dealing with a lot of fairy tale type tropes. Wow. And this movie hit the spot. I mean, I I needed it. I needed that type of film. I don't remember anything I can complain about, although, again, 20 years is a long time. (laughs) Um, I, I, I didn't even know that Richard Donner had directed it, and as you guys know, he's like one of my favorite directors, so that's pretty cool. I'm, I'm kind of having a bit of a flashback here, actually. It's a good choice, man, and it's definitely due for a rewatch. I'm, I don't have much else to offer, but I remember loving that film, really. Yeah. Uh, Don, what about you? Anything about Lady Hawk? I... It's been years since I've seen that. I remember yeah. enjoying it thoroughly for all the reasons that have already been mentioned. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but I don't have anything else to add. I, I love the way, uh, like the other said, it, it gives you a really, it, it, it's very emotionally evocative. Yes, uh, definitely. Uh, Andrew, anything to add at all? or? Oh, I'm old enough to have seen it in the theater too. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I spent a lot of I've spent my whole life going to movies, and that's you mm-hmm. know that was one of, you know, I remember going to see Ladyhawk. Well, I remember what I remember about it is the fact that at the time there were a number of other fantasy type films coming out at that time, uh, mm-hmm. and at first you kind of thought maybe it was going to be in that vein, like the sword and sort. I mean, you know, a kind of more darker than it was. I mean, it still is dark, but uh, this one definitely surprised, I think, a lot of people with the type of film it was based off of the look that it gave versus what the actual story was, considering the other uh, films coming out around that time. So, yeah, Lady yeah, Hawk. The guy that shot it, I think, was, um, I think the the guy that shot Apocalypse Now and Last Tango in Paris. Mm-hmm. Oh! Wow! Uh, I forget Vittorio's. Yeah, Storaro. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. I couldn't pronounce his name yeah, either. I watched I a documentary about him, and this showed up in, it and I'm like, really, Lady <laughs> The cinematography in it was really good too. I remember that with uh, some of the scenes with the hawk and that. So, uh, excellent. yeah. Excellent pick there, and uh, Glenn, let's go with you, sir. What is one of your favorite fairy tale films? Uh, for one of mine, you have to go back to 1977. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> what, See, your Andrew was born, dude. This, <laughs> oh, okay. this is with one I think of it. That's the most energetic gay I've ever heard in my life. Dude, yes. that's, that's the year of Andrew's birth. <laughs> <laughs> and you can rock out to the sounds of Goblin. As you watch it's the year of Suspiria. Suspiria. Kind of a yes. Snow White and Hansel and Gretel kind of mishmash. <laughs> I love this film. Can you give us a little summary of it and then uh, what about it you liked? Uh, girl goes to dance school, kid gets murdered. It's actually a house of uh, covenant witches. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Keeping it simple. And, and what about it? Awesome. In particular, it's, did you enjoy about Suspiria? Uh, for one thing, it is a beautifully shot movie. Mm-hmm. Um, the way that they did some of the, the color schemes are just incredible. Um, I think this, this, this to me, is, is uh, Dario Argento's best film. Sure. Um, it is a bit plotting at times. Mm-hmm. And, and to, be, to be fair, kind of how the witches kind of play out, it's, it's a bit cheesy. But... Mm-hmm. It's a beautiful ride getting there, watching it. Yeah, and it, it's Argento, so you know you're in for uh, some interesting visuals as well in yes. that film. Uh, I, remember- I just, I love, I love the taglines for it. Is the was it the only thing more terrifying than the last twelve minutes of this film? Are the first ninety-two? <laughs> <laughs> it makes yes. it sound like the ending's not that good. <laughs> and, yes. and, and actually, the, the ending kind of the ending I felt left left me feeling a little flat, but I still love the film. Mm-hmm. That, yeah. That's that's so wild because that's exactly what I've been saying ever since I first came across the VHS cassette. I'm like, I looked at the cover, I saw the tagline, I says, "Did they just tell me that the ending doesn't pay off?" <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> it doesn't. It translates better in Italian, dude. Of course. Sounds better in Italian. So, uh, anyone want to give their thoughts on Suspiria? Don, uh, want to weigh in on Argento's classic? I completely agree with Beth. It's a wonderful uh, fairy tale movie. Um, so much uh, magic and uh, darkness in this film. I actually have not. I saw its sequel, but not the the third one of the trilogy. And I, I always regretted not seeing it. So I'm going to have to make it a point to find it. But I, I just love everything about uh, Suspiria. And, and yes, in no small part, Goblin is, is huge. <laughs> the, the, third, the third movie is a bit of a letdown, just to for my own. I mean, it's my own opinion. There might, you might disagree, but it's a bit of the third movie. In in video no. watch in video watchdogs, somebody they had a roundtable discussion about the third movie, Mother of Tears, and they I think one of the people said, and I can't remember who it was, said, "Imagine Peter Jackson." made Fellowship of the Ring and the Two Towers, and then he waited almost 30 years and made Hawk the Slayer. <laughs> and I wow. said, oh, shit, that's right. That, that's a good analogy, actually. <laughs> it's, it's not the worst thing ever, but you're like, oh. <laughs> Scott, any thoughts on uh, Suspiria, though? Anything? It, it's, it's one of the most, I mean, mm-hmm. you guys have said it. It's It's... I didn't know what movie. It's one of those movies that kind of tells you what movies can be. Right. Uh-huh. It's it's shot so beautifully. The colors, the music, the complete disregard for logic, <laughs> uh, which is no, which is something that a lot of European films have. And you know what? When you are accomplishing and you're just trying to create this kind of dreamlike mood and feel like this movie does, you can totally get away with it. Yeah. It's a great mm-hmm. movie. It's it, it feels like a dream. It feels like a nightmare. It feels like a fairy tale, and it's it's one of the, it's a beautiful fairy tale movies, and it's one of the greatest horror films ever made. It's really yeah. fantastic. <laughs> awesome, and also uh, Paul, did you have any additional thoughts to Suspiria at all? I have not watched it. I will. I really? will watch it. Yeah, but I also I do love Jessica Harper. So. Ah, oh, she's already. so great. She's yes. so great. She was on such a great role, too, at this time, because she had Phantom of the Paradise, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then she had this, and, um, uh, you know, she, and, you know, Woody Allen, and, you know, I, I know a lot of people dislike it, but I still like shock treatment a lot. Yes! yes. <laughs> <laughs> I've, got the, I've got the DVD. <laughs> and it's like one of those things that where I was like, it's one of those things where, you know, I wanted Pennies from Heaven to be a lot better than it was. <laughs> like I said, like, uh, my big problem with Pennies was from Heaven was that, that you've got Jessica Harper and Bernadette Peters in the movie, and you have... And you don't let them sing the songs themselves? <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. And, and Cole, thoughts with the Suspiria at all? Suspiria, you know, I uh, I keep a list of horror classics that I haven't watched for every Halloween. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, the list gets shorter and shorter. But about two years two years ago, Suspiria was on the list, so I watched it. You know, it was either the night before Halloween or Halloween night by candlelight with jack o' lanterns and. And, and deep red wine, and um, 
It was good. I mean, it's a great <laughs> film. I've seen it once. That's the one time I own it. Um, so I got to get around to watching it again. But I know I'm not the best film critic by saying I, I like to save some classics, you know. I've got a long time on this planet, and Suspiria mm -hmm. is one of them. I've only seen it once, and uh, it was good. Although everybody talked about this big twist ending, and it, uh, the ending didn't seem like a twist. That's the only thing I, I remember from the experience of watching the movie was the clues were all there. It's almost like this poem. The movie's like yeah. a tone poem, and it sort of leads you right into the conclusion uh, of it. Um, oh, yeah. I'd, I'd, I'd say it takes you down the garden path like that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Um, but, no, I don't have any elaborate thoughts to offer other than I enjoyed it. I own it. You know, I just I don't have it really memorized yet sure. or anything. Sure. And, uh, Andrew or Tony, anything to add about Suspiria? Just like with Paul, I haven't seen it. Put it on your list. Uh, I'm pretty sure. It, I I think it's this year that Synapse is releasing their Blu-ray of it. Ooh. Yeah, that's what I. And, I, and I they're yeah. they're and they even said when they got the rights to it, people were pissed off because they says, oh, because I think they announced the rights at like early last year, and they said, oh no, this isn't coming out till mid 2015. And everybody was mad. They says. And they were, they basically said Don May basically said, "Listen, if you don't think we are going to go frame by frame and be as meticulous as possible with this movie, <laughs> that's the thing is that it, they, they, it's taking so long because they want to make sure they're doing this right." You know? Sure. Yeah. A Andrew, any thoughts on Suspiria? Oh, uh, the the, uh, the the illustrious Kate Owens and I did an episode uh, podcast with. Uh, it was about Suspiria and Black Swan together. We kind of, oh, um, oh nice, kind of put those t against each other, or I don't know. It's not like a cage match. We were just sort of, <laughs> you know, comparing them and stuff. But I, mm -hmm. yeah, Suspiria. I agree with with everyone, man. It's a, uh, it's so scary. I mean, that music, all that stuff, it just gives me the the creepazoids, <laughs> the creepers, <laughs> the phenomena, whatever you want to call it. It gives, it gives me the infernos. And I have heard a lot of the uh, people compare uh, Black Swan to uh, Suspiria as well. You, I've heard we, we did. We spent like an hour doing it. I mean, it's really, there's a lot. To, when I saw Black Swan, I was yeah. like, dude, that, that, that's, I wasn't thinking it was ripped off. I just was like, wow, I didn't think I'd ever see someone try to do something like that, you know, where it's like right. artistic. And, you know, me, I, mean, I think making sense is overrated and shit. So. <laughs> <laughs> yes. uh, excellent pick there, Glenn, with Suspiria. Uh, so put that one on your list, folks, definitely. And, Cole, we're going to go right to you, sir. Uh, what is one of your favorite fairy tale films? Do I have time for multiple picks, or is this my only pick? <laughs> well, we can get to more. Uh, what's one of your picks? Let's uh, start there. All right. Well, I just, I, you know, I'm going to go with my favorite, even though you folks did a very good uh, podcast on it somewhat recently. But the never-ending story is actually okay. in terms of the cinematic fairy tale. Um, my favorite. And just to... For starters, I'll try and make this quick. I'm not an environmental or political person, um, but 
my lady friend and I just recently took a tour of all the places I'd filmed a little red riding Hood, another fairy tale, my version of a fairy tale. But, uh, all those places are gone. The desolate barns, uh, the little patches of forest, all these places that I filmed that movie are gone. And that movie, as you know, Mark, you're probably the only yeah. person who's seen it, is kind of a smorgasbord of the Midwest. I mean, yeah. there's a lot of beautiful Midwestern shots in there. All those places are gone, except maybe a couple of them. Maybe a couple. Mm -hmm. And in the nothing... As an entity, as a as an idea, um, even though it worked better better in the novel, really works good in the never-ending story. And as as a definition of a fairy tale, uh, I hate Wikipedia, but for the sake of the show, uh, I, I looked it up. The definition of a fairy tale is a type of short story that typically features folk folkloric fantasy characters, dwarves, elves, fairies, giants, gnomes, goblins. Trolls, witches, and unusually and usually magic or enchantments, and the never-ending story features all of that, and the characters <laughs> all hold up to a T. Man, we just watched this uh, with a seven-year-old. Mm -hmm. This film has muster, man. It's it's still alive. It still feels current. There are a couple of scenes that don't hold up. Um, and they're blatantly, they don't hold up. It's almost like they couldn't do those scenes. The director is Wolfgang Peterson, mm -hmm. who actually made a career directing adult-themed action thriller movies, such as <laughs> The White Fire and mm -hmm. Shattered. Man, if you yeah. guys haven't seen Shattered, it's awesome that's a really underrated movie. It, yeah. it is an amazing <laughs> film, and, and I recommend looking that up. But I think it's that mentality that gave the nothing its oomph. I mean, obviously, in the novel, the nothing, you can't even look at the nothing. You can't even focus on it because the idea of your eyes kind of, I, I know I'm going high concept here, but bear with me. The idea of even looking at something created by the nothing might drive you insane. So the movie had a very tough task of bringing all this to life. And they decided to use outer space kind of as a theme for the nothing, you know, mm -hmm. endless stars and solar systems. And it works, but what really works is the tone, man. You believe that all of these characters might be eaten at any given moment by this inescapable thing that is plowing everything over. And to tie it into what I be began talking about, which is the locations to my original movie, man. We are plowing over our, our woods and our, our, our nature and um, just about everything that is natural at an exponential rate. So to me, the nothing is very current. I'm not an environmental or political person, but to me, the nothing is a very current idea that holds very real weight in the way they tie all of these various creatures into it and creatures that hold up, I mean... The, the the animation and uh, I don't think there's any stop motion in this film, but the effects are still pretty solid uh, as a fairy tale. Um, I really enjoy this film. I, I really do. It holds up. The only argument that can be made against it is it's not as good as the book. Uh, sure. But that's 
Okay. <laughs> we, yeah, we. The sky we, is blue, you know. <laughs> we did have that uh, long discussion, and you check it out on the Spoiler Room podcast. Uh, of course, <clears throat> our old episode where we went in depth with it. Uh, but that is a good choice. It is a fairy tale, um, and and an excellent one at that. What's one of your other choices, Cole, that you have? Uh, on your list? Troll. Also, sorry. Wow. Definitely, I thought the never-ending story was more important, uh, but Troll is probably my personal favorite. Man, I love Beekler. I love John Carl Beekler. People talk about how he's a terrible director. I personally, I haven't seen anything aside from Troll and Friday Seven, both of which I love. So I can't judge him beyond that. But Troll Man, let me tell you, at the time, what were the movies I saw with my father? My father took me to everything at the time. We're talking about Predator, um, (laughs) Hellraiser. uh, What what else came out in that time? We're talking about very bleak kind of, I mean, good films, obviously, but very bleak-minded films. Troll was promoted as a horror film, but it really isn't. It's more of a, well, it's a fairy tale. And um, for those of you who haven't seen Troll, the plot is literally this, and I'm not being ironic at all. It's about a young boy named Harry Potter who learns about magic from a witch who lives on the floor above him in order to fight an ancient evil that has taken possession of his sister. That is the film. I swear to God, I, I'm not trying to create some debate, uh, but the plot is, I, I just watched the film. I mean, if you've seen Harry Potter and you haven't seen Troll, I recommend watching um, It's a great film. It has a great sense of humor. Sonny Bono has a great cameo. And what's interesting is he's presented as this lady man who, uh, yeah, he he has lots of exchanges with the ladies, but they show one three-second clip of him with his face in his palm just weeping when he thinks the lady he spent the night with has left. And then when he hears the knock, he, he wipes the tears away and cheers up. And there's lots of scenes like that in this movie. Um, really weird, morbid scenes that are in fairy tale. Fairy tales t- typically have a morbid sense of what humanity is, because fairy tales are typically nature versus uh, our social structure, really, such as Little Riding Hood. But I'm I'm sorry, I'm going off on a rant. Uh, I love troll. Yes. Love troll. I actually love. I'm actually loving hearing hearing your uh, observations about the plot because I'm like, yeah, it's a good point. And that's the kid from Neverending <laughs> Stories, isn't it? It is. No, I have. <laughs> <laughs> in both of my picks, I love him in both the movies, man, for sure. And uh, Don, did you have any thoughts on Troll? No. <laughs> I, I... I liked it, but I, I can't add anything. Cole sure. is obviously very passionate about I, this and very thorough. I was going to say, Cole, really, I think you're spoken for a lot of people. Uh, Glenn, uh, do you have anything to add to what Cole said? Not especially. No. <laughs> On one of the best, worst sequel films ever created, <laughs> which really had nothing to do with the original film. Yeah, uh, no, sequel I, doesn't really work. I, I hate I hate Troll 2 because Me too. everybody yeah. talks about Troll 2 and 
the, the the original troll is such a great film, man. If people would just watch it and forget about this this movie that was called Goblin that was fil- filmed by I mean, it wasn't even the people it was filmed by. I'm sorry. I, I'm I'm being a fanboy. I mean the, the <laughs> No, it's true. I mean, the the notion to call it Troll 2 was a marketing scheme yeah. created by people who had nothing to do with the movie, but Jesus. Yeah, it wasn't even Charles Band's company that did it. It was no. a, it was Claudio Pagrasso. Yeah. I, was, I was one of the people. I was actually, sounds like a soup. Sorry. I, was, I, I was actually one of the people who uh, who rented, you know, not knowing who Pagrasso was or that Band didn't have anything to do with the movie. I was one of the people who rented Troll 2 the very week it came out on VHS, not realizing. I just saw it. They're like, oh, fuck, yes, there's, they made a Troll 2? Awesome! And I brought it home like, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was like one of the worst films I'd ever seen. And, I mean, I've seen that a million times now as a bad movie, but Troll yeah. is actually a movie that I really enjoy. Yeah, yeah. Man. Anyone and, else? And- Spoiler, Nilbog is goblin backwards. Oh, what? <laughs> no! <laughs> oh, God. Anyone else have anything to add? Uh, Cole was very passionate about it, definitely. I think he covered a lot of the bases, but anyone else have anything to add about Troll? Um, not about Troll, but for the never-ending story. I have a, a story that's kind of related. Sure, go ahead. Um, my ex and I used to have these two turtles, and we named it Sebastian, or Bastion, and Falco, uh, Falcor. Um, <laughs> and one morning, I actually caught the turtles. You know, you always have to put the, the sun lamp on them so that they can, you know, soak up the heat. Yeah. I actually caught Bastion sitting on top of Falcor. <laughs> it was just wonderful. It was like watching the movie, only with turtles. <laughs> <laughs> you never know what you're going to hear here on the spoiler room, folks. Uh, yeah, that, what a great te- what a great tease that'll be for people. Like watching the movie but with turtles. What are they talking about? <laughs> the podcast to find out. <laughs> I I use never any stories like a friendship test. Yeah. Yeah. With, pe- ah. with people I've 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 just met and I, I after I've met them, you know, two or three times, at some point I will turn to them and just out of the blue I'll go they look like big, good, strong <laughs> And if they know what I'm talking about, they're cool. <laughs> get along. Yeah, I'd have, to, I'd have to say if I met someone that thought Never Ending Story wasn't good, I wouldn't want to be their friend. You know what I mean? I, mean, I think your soul is fucked up if you have a problem with Never Ending Story. <laughs> yeah, I'm writing a review. I mean, I don't, because I don't, obviously I don't care about getting these out on the timely fashion. I'm actually writing a review for the new Cinderella movie. Um, and um, the, like, the theme of the review, because the thing I enjoyed about that movie is that it was shamelessly non-cynical. Oh. It was, you know, and uh, I hate cynicism. It's like my least favorite thing in the world. Cynicism, nihilism, get it out of I hate it. And you and it it's it's prevalent everywhere. Especially if you look at the news or social media. When you look at it, that's also what the nothing can be. Mm-hmm. The nothing destroys these magical worlds of endless potential, of en- of beauty and magic. And it and it what's it leave in its wake? Nothing. Nothing. You know, and that's basically, to, to me, that's kind of like what that does. It's what cynicism or nihilism does. 
you can sit there in judgment. You can think that, that nothing's worth anything. You can think that things are going to get worse, and you can think that we're never going to uh, amount to anything. But when you're left with it at the end, all you end up with then is nothing. When right. in, actually, in actuality, if you had just seen beyond it to begin with, you would see that, no, you know what? There is a world of magic out there. There's a world of endless potential that you can make better still. Yes. And people seem to forget that. So, I mean, that's one of the things I like about the number. So basically, the nothing is Hobo with a shotgun, is what you're saying. <laughs> I, actually, I, I actually liked Hobo with a shotgun, but yeah. I mean, I liked I'm it. I'm kidding. As... I'm not. But it was either that or Cabin in the Woods, but I was, you know, didn't want to get into the waxwork discussion. Yeah, you didn't want to yeah. get into that. Yeah. <laughs> let's, let's, let's not go down that road. Let's, uh, uh, fairy tales, but uh, great, great picks there, Cole, definitely. Uh, two of them, uh, especially. Uh, anybody had anything else to add, or... Uh, I think I want to hear about what Tony's favorite fairy tale film is. All right. Well, it's going to be Disney, which I know is different from everyone else's picks. When you hear fairy tales, you think everybody will pick Disney, and I don't think uh, you're going to get – I think you might be the only Disney person, but uh, not quite. Uh, what's, your, what's your pick, Tony? Okay. Well, the one I'm going to go with is the one I have more memory of, and that is Tangled from 2010. Oh, yeah. Hey, I like that movie. Nice. Tangled's oh, good, man. That, I man. love Tangled. That's <laughs> one of my favorite movies of 2010. Tell us a little bit about Tangled and, and uh, what you liked about it. Well, Tangled is, of course, based on the story of Rapunzel. And if you don't know what the Rapunzel story is, um, she's <laughs> she's a long-haired uh, she's a long-haired girl. She has extremely long blonde hair, and she stays at this tower. But she is her whole life she has been forbidden to go out there and explore the world. She's been basically stuck in her own shell her whole life. And then one day, this runaway thief named Flynn Rider. He just happens to hop into her tower, and then, and then Flynn from there, he decides to take Rapunzel out to just explore the world. And then, you know, as the movie goes along, they learn to have feelings for each other, and they fall in love like, a, like any Disney movie with these fairy tales. <laughs> and what is it about Rapunzel that you, that you really like there, Tony? Well, one thing's for sure. I love the characters. I love Rapunzel, and I love the how they casted Mandy Moore for Rapunzel. I thought she was a brilliant fit for the character, and um, and Rapunzel. You know what I liked about Rapunzel was how, even though yeah, she's a girl and all that. She actually knows how to defend herself. Like she uses a pen the whole time to defend herself. She's not like those weak female characters. Sorry to bring it up, Anna from Frozen. You know, I thought I thought there wasn't much to her character, but with Rapunzel, even though she's a girly girl typeish character, she knows how to defend herself, and she would even do anything to protect Flynn. And I liked Flynn as well, even though he was a thief. He shows that. He's not the bad guy. And even though, yes, you could predict along the way they would fall in love with each other, with each other, blah. <laughs> I, I just love their chemistry. I thought they had a very strong b bond going for it. 
of course, there was a lot of funny moments, especially when it came to the horse and the chameleon. I thought those two steal the show easily when it comes to the comedy. And overall, it was just the overall world that the movie explored, the overall storyline, and the musical numbers, which I thought were beautiful. So I love just about everything about uh, Tangled, honestly. It's just awesome. Wow. And one of Disney's best, in my opinion. Nice, and, and it is one that actually doesn't come up in a lot of discussions, so I'm glad you picked Tangled because everybody kind of seems to forget about that film, I think. You know, and it's sad because it is, it is good in there. You even had uh, uh, the classic Richard uh, Keel in there, or Kyle in there, is, uh, Vlad for a voice, and, uh, you know, oh, yeah. Jaws. Uh, he was in there. So uh, anybody else have anything to add with Tangled? Andrew, what about you? Uh, uh, oh, I was going to say it did come up because there was, you know, there was some some things about whether or not there was a, there, there's like a feminist debate, you know what I'm saying, about the, the message of the movie. Uh, oh, really? I was, yeah, and I was just like, oh, this is a Disney movie, man. I mean, what, what are we going to, what are we doing, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like I had to, so there, I mean, you say there wasn't a whole lot to talk about. Around the time that it came out, at least among my circle of people who like to look, I think we may have mentioned this last time I was on this show. We do pick things apart sometimes. Like, what are we, what are we doing? But it was because there was all this like girl power talk about the movie, and then you know mm-hmm. I go see it, and of course the narrator's male, you know, and there's just like a, you know, it's basically Rapunzel with Stockholm syndrome. <laughs> <laughs> you just have to enjoy it for a movie, and all the things that Tony said, it's just it's mm-hmm. it's just fun, and you can't. Um, yeah, don't 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 get into the analysis of it too much, <laughs> you know, because then then you'll just yes, yeah, it's, it's not it's it's a Disney movie, you know. Yeah, and I'm wondering if some of that didn't isn't what put it kind of on the back burner for a lot of people though because I remember some of the thoughts or debates coming up about that when it first came out at least uh, talking about you know her character and that and uh, you know what and yeah it, it got really deep in analysis and like you said it, it's a Disney film just take it as a Disney film that's a romantic <laughs> com- a comedy of errors you know yeah. it's, it's just kind of mm-hmm. like that and of course, you know then we got brave not too long after it and that one really was more of the if you're wanting to have a discussion about those things that, that movie is a bit more ripe with that kind of stuff <laughs> anyone else have anything to add about Tangled uh, Don or Cole Mm-hmm. I've never seen it, actually. Really? No, okay. no, I never have. Uh, Paul, have you seen it? I have. Uh, I enjoyed the uh, bar scene with the thugs and their dancing. Oh, and... God, that's like yeah. characteristically <laughs> gross humor for a distant. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> no wonder you liked it, Paul. Well, of course, of course. And I also loved the uh, the different uh, tricks that they that uh, Rapunzel was able to do with her hair, you know, just, you know, using it like a whip, using it like, you know, all sorts of things. It was just, it was neat to watch that. And and somebody actually using the hair other than to let it down and, and bring up the prince. I just thought, you know, it was much, much was much more useful uh, for her than it was for the prince. So, uh, but, but don't you wish that she would have just rescued herself? Like she could get out of the tower Oh, well, definitely, but I don't think she wanted to. She didn't know. She didn't she, know that she, she, she was. She was. Look she at, I'm was doing sheltered. It, I'm doing it now. She was sheltered. Now. Look, she was the unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt of her day. <laughs> okay. <laughs> she didn't know. She was told that the world was a horrible place. That this is like the only thing. She was basically like held calf. She was held prisoner. Yeah. And it was a psychological prison and everything. And so I was like, I liked the movie a lot. I thought it was yeah. good. 
big breath I mean, of fresh air for uh, Disney movies. <laughs> and I will also go on the record as saying that although I know a lot of people are sick of it because of the uh, it's so it's because oh, it's so hugely overexposed and everything. But I'll go on record to say that I was a big fan of Frozen as well. So. Ah, oh, there you go. Oh, I like the part with the wolves eat the guy. <laughs> <laughs> you sound like my niece. <laughs> you know, oh, we like my niece. We She's lost. always got these bloodthirsty things, like that song from the damn. I showed you the wrong Frozen. Oh God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, in blockbuster, we'd be switching those tapes out. Yeah. You know what? No, no, no. Here's the funny thing: is that when uh, we were closing Blockbuster, the last. <laughs> store to close, you know, when I was worked at Video Oasis, and um, we had all these discs that didn't have any covers, Uh-oh. and it was the same time Frozen came out in the theaters, and we had all these discs that said Frozen, <laughs> and it's like a dollar, and people were bringing them up, the kids were so excited, and the parents were like, yes, I got you a movie, I'm so excited, oh, mom, no. and I'd have, to, I'd have to stop, you know, I... Even me, with my sense of humor, I couldn't do it. I had to stop everything one. I said, hold it! <laughs> this is not the movie with the cute snowman. <laughs> wow. That, that'd be, that'd, that'd be I, an eye you know, opener. You know what? I, I, I know I wasn't on duty all the time. I'm sure I know a few of them got through. Oh, I'm I was sure. telling all the coworkers, like, you can't let them bring this home. If they just tell them... What the movie actually is. Tell them that it's not the Disney movie. It's a horror movie. Just tell them that. They'll be all like, wait, that's not the one with the reindeer and the talky snowman and the let it go song? (laughs) (laughs) There was other letting go going on (laughs) in that film. But Tangle's a great one, Tony. Uh, You don't hear about too much anymore, so I'm glad you brought that one up, because I, I enjoyed that one as well. Uh, great humor, yeah. well-written, well uh, I thought, and uh, you can... Get and definitely good- some random moments for a Disney movie, like that old man with the, with the, bow, and, with the bow and arrow. Yeah. When that goes... <laughs> <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so uh, we'll move on here to Scott. Sorry. All right. Well, here's the thing. Okay, I'm, I'm confused now. Okay, here's the thing, guys. Uh, I picked like a good like indie like artsy film and stuff like that that I have, and it's a really good one. But you guys, but I picked it because I figured everybody would pick the most obvious choice of the <laughs> <laughs> Then no one has picked this movie and. I'm kind of tempted to go with my indie one, but would almost demand to come back to the obvious one if none of you pick it. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay, so that's a long trip, Scott. Well, what's one of your favorite fairies? Is it possible? Can we do that? Like, should I do the indie one, and then, like, if none of you... I was going to say go for it, because there's no way in shit anyone picked the ones that I picked. I'll say <laughs> well, the indie one I'm going to do... Okay. okay, here's the thing. I'll do the indie one, okay? First, and the indie one I did was uh, The Company of Wolves. Oh, okay. Which is a great movie uh, directed by... I'm just going to go really briefly into this because it's so strange and obscure, it's hard to really sum up. Uh, It's uh, directed by Neil Jordan, 
who would later on go on to direct Mona Lisa and The Crying Game and Interview with a Vampire and uh, some other movies in the early 90s when Hollywood didn't know what to do with them. Um, but this is a great film. It's basically a... Uh, it's basically a dreamlike telling of uh, Little Red Riding Hood, but with lots of themes of uh, young girls experiencing the world for the first time and to be wary of men. Uh, like, for instance, this uh, girl, Rosalie, uh, Rosaline, sorry, uh, is going to see her grandmother, who's played by Angela Lansbury. And man, if this will totally like ruin your images of Jessica <laughs> Fletcher forever, man. She's so Angela Lansbury is so cool in this. It's like I mean, she's this and Manchurian Canada are just like the coolest damn Angela Lansbury films. And um, she, so Rosaline is obviously like the Little Red Riding Hood type, and the grandmother tells her, you know, to always be wary of men whose eyebrows meet. And remember that you know that men are that men can seem charming at first, but but they can turn into beasts. And you know, there's lots of wolves out there, and but the worst wolves aren't just hairy, aren't hairy on the outside. The worst wolves are hairy on the inside. As and anyway, so she's like, it, and it tells like all these various stories as she's going through this as this modern retelling of Little Red Riding Hood. In which case, you see lots of people turning into wolves, there's lots of, like, lycanthropy and stuff, and there's a lot of tones of, like, kind of, like, a sexual awakening and uh, uh, sexism and uh, misogyny, and then also female independence and lots of just just weird things that it's very hard to describe without telling you the entire plot, which I'm not going to do. (laughs) But it's a great movie. It's based on a series of short stories. It's a beautifully shot film. Uh, Fantastic performances. Very, very strange movie. I highly recommend it. It's called The Company of Wolves. And... I actually haven't seen this one. Uh, has the anyone Company else? of Wolves, correct? Yeah, man. Yeah, I just, oh, it's, it's crazy that you mention right. it because I just dro- name dropped it in my review of uh, Wolf I might, Cop. I might this watch year. that for my PS3. Because <laughs> <laughs> of the transformations, are very similar in Wolf Cop in that the uh, instead of the hair coming out of the skin, the skin actually tears off. Like in the that's under, true. Underneath it did. It, it did. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it's I, I totally mentioned it in my the Wolf Cop review that I did. Awesome, and uh, Glenn, did, did, have you seen Company of Wolves? I have. You have. Uh, what, yes. what did? What are your thoughts on it? Um, I remember. I remember uh, parts of it. It's it's been a while since I've seen it. Um, I I wasn't going to com- uh, comment on the the transformations and the way they did it. I actually liked the way they did it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, gosh, I don't know when I saw this. Probably in high school. Mm-hmm. So, I, mean, I don't remember a lot about it. Well, I, I mean, the VHS had an awesome picture on the back of one of the wolves transforming. Like, you know, they sold this movie right. You're like, ew, God, look at that. I gotta see this. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah that, that's actually what 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 got me to rent it when I saw it at, at the at the video store was the was the graphics on the box. Yeah, that picture on the back is like, oh god, dude's skin was just like all that. It was like he's looking at his hand. It's that, you know, that's why I ran into it. <laughs> well, the cool thing about the the pieces of the human coming off instead of like just kind of like emerging or the thing where like American Werewolf where it's like stretches out is that 
when the the peace thing, it's basically basically just says, okay, the human shell that was just the dis- that was the disguise. Right. That was the disguise. Who the people are underneath? They're hairy on the inside, mm-hmm. and they and so they just kind of like emerge from this, you know, prison. And usually it's like whenever they're like really pissed off and stuff, you know. And like for instance, after once uh, there's a sequence when they have the, you know, what big eyes you have, what big ears you have, and then all of a sudden, and then all of a sudden, Jesus, what big teeth you have! And he's like, <laughs> and like. <laughs> He shoots him in the arm, and then you just see the roar. That's when she, <laughs> shit gets real. And <laughs> it's just—it's a really fantastic movie. It's—it's it's very uh, also um, similar in tone to some other movies that are about you know young girls discovering how scary the world is right. with a uh, fairy tale background of uh, Valerie and her week of wonders. Mm-hmm. Um, a great movie that always gets overlooked, Lamora, A Child's Tale of the Supernatural. Oh, man, that's got Rainbow Smith. Cheryl Rainbow Smith. The Melting Man. Yeah, and, which was also Cinderella in the, that version, which I just reviewed for Movieocrity. Um, <laughs> the, uh, and she's, I, I loved her. She was fantastic. It was such a tragedy that happened to her. But uh, uh, Pan's Labyrinth, even, you know, like all this mm-hmm. stuff. Uh, and it's kind of like they, they all kind of like, live in the same world. So just, I chose kind of the middle of the road movie that's still very bizarre, but it's also the most fairy, explicitly fairy tale in nature, which would be sure. The Company of Wolves. Nice. Well, and, and, that is a great pick there, uh, Scott. And you said you had another one as well. Well, it's just that, you know, and I'm, and I'm I, see, I would feel, I'm going to feel bad if Don or you picked it, Mark. Okay, well, we could, we could wait and we could come back. Uh, All right. If you didn't movie. pick it, though, I'm gonna be pissed. I'm gonna come back and do it. Hide just below here. We're gonna be talking all night. Uh, <laughs> Scott's gonna point ahead through Mark's screen and say, "You better make that pick, Mark, or you better not make that pick." <laughs> and uh, Don, what about you? Uh, what was one of your picks? Oh. I really was struggling with it, and I was revisited uh, the my, some of my favorite ones. And want to know what Dawn chooses for her favorite fairy tale film? Then head over to part two of our special favorite fairy tale films episode here on the Spoiler Room. Also, make sure you check out our other episodes on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and SpecialMarkProductions.com.